0: John chapter 12, we'll start in verse 12 and read to verse 19. Grass with us and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. Let's begin verse 12. <clears throat> the next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees. And they went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna! The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, You see that you are gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Join me as we pray. Father, I pray for the souls of men and women here today that you would strengthen them, that you would return the joy of salvation, that you would bring back the genuine conviction. Father, I pray that King Jesus would be lifted high in our hearts and minds, that you would give us great resolve, that our confidence would be stiffened. Lord, that we would take great trust in you. Father, I pray you help the church, help our church. May it be that it's evident over and over, Jesus Christ is Lord at Hickory Grove. We need your help today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Maybe seated. We live in a world that is under siege. We live in a world that is a fallen world of destruction and Death and dismay. We we felt it. We felt it this week. We've come off a really hard week. We felt it in the confluence of events this week from the death filled havoc out in the Mississippi Delta when tornadoes came through, or in Little Rock, Arkansas, you've seen the video, or even up in Indiana. We've seen the devastation of a fallen creation and specifically the killing power of an F4 tornado. And with every picture we see, every video we see, it's like the song we just sang. Every video we see, we remember that creation groans. And in that sullen malaise, our hearts turn to Nashville, Tennessee. To a city like ours, in a church like ours that has a school like ours. There on a beautiful Monday morning, a deranged devil of a woman drove her Honda Fit to Covenant School and premeditatedly, systematically, killed six people, including three children. One of them was a little girl, nine years old, the pastor's daughter. How that man's going to lead right now. And it appears, we don't know for sure, but it appears that at least in some degree, it appears that the motive behind the shootings had something to do with the faith once and for all delivered to the saints. Had something to do with Christianity. Had something to do with the faith that, that we hold on to. And then in the aftermath of such carnage, we've seen the videos, in the aftermath of such carnage, the response from the president and the mass media has reminded us that this world is not our home. That this country, this is harder for a lot of us, this country not our home. That we serve a different king We have been sent here by that king at his behest to live here in this foreign land as salt and light on his behalf. This king, this king that we serve, this king didn't come to kill and steal and and destroy this king, this king came that we might have life and have it to the abundance. Here in John chapter 12, we have joined the short march of this king and his disciples. We've joined the short march to his coronation in John chapter 12. If you read the book of John, and uh, I know we, you know, I preached in John, I think 10 or 11 years ago. You read the book of John, you go through it, you find out over and over again, John tells us that Jesus will say that his time had not yet come. John chapter 6, they tried to make him a king. His time had not yet come. John chapter 8, time had not yet come. But now in John chapter 12, the time of the king has come. Here's what I want to do. I want you to join me today. I want you to join me in the court of this king And and I want you to rejoice in your heart because even though we are exiles and, and we live in a land that is not ours, it is a hostile land to what you hold dear if you're a Christian, even though that's true, we live here on behalf of a king and this king will come again. And when this king comes the second time, he will not be on the foal of a donkey. He will ride in on the back of a war horse. While we wait on that return, now that's what we're doing, while we wait on that return, we joyfully, we joyfully bear on our souls the mark of Christ. We live our lives. Be careful how you live as a Christian. We live our lives not with our heads down, not with our heads down below the parapet, keeping our heads low. That's not how Christians are salt and light. That's not how we live our lives. We live our lives with the cross of Jesus held high. We sing a battle hymn whose refrain goes like this. To live is Christ and to die is gain. For one good reason. One good reason. And that is as long as the king lives, his kingdom will come. As long as the king lives, and he does, his kingdom will come. Let's go to the story and find it there in John chapter 12. Let's join the story already in progress and find out what does this Palm Sunday, that's what it is, Sunday, Palm Sunday passage, what does this Palm Sunday passage tell us about our king? Here's the first one, verse 12. Number one, what about our king? He is an unstoppable king. King Jesus is an unstoppable king. Verse 12 begins with a little phrase, goes like this, the next day. Well, I started studying that. I see the phrase, the next day, I want to know what happened the previous day. And then when I started looking at the previous day, then I saw a whole series of events going on that led up to chapter 12. Chapter 11 is a great chapter. It's back there uh, in chapter 11 where we hear the story of Lazarus and his two great sisters, Martha and Mary. Martha and Mary call for Jesus to come and visit them in Bethany because their brother Lazarus is sick He is sick unto death, and it turns out Lazarus does die, and Jesus knows all about it. He lets him die because that's going to be for the glory of God. He tells the disciples, Lazarus has gone to sleep, and the disciples say, well, if he's sleeping, then he's going to recover. And Jesus says, no, you don't understand. He is dead. Lazarus dies, and Jesus then takes the two-mile walk. It's only a 45-minute walk from Bethany two-mile walk to see his friends as he's headed that way. In chapter 11, Martha, we love Martha and Mary. Mary is found at the feet of Jesus. Martha doing all the work. Martha's out of the house on the path to go get Jesus. She meets him on the road. They have a conversation in chapter 11. Martha meets him there, and she's letting him know, if you had been here, you could have saved my brother. Jesus says the astounding thing to her in chapter 11, verse 25. Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes, he will never die. Martha's taken back. Martha says something that we don't find any other woman saying in the Bible. Martha, in in chapter 11, verse 27, Martha says, I believe that you are the Christ you're the son of God that's come into the world. He passes Martha and sees Mary there at the tomb of Lazarus. He goes there. Even under protest, people say, don't go. It'll be, there'll be a stench. Jesus stands outside the tomb of Lazarus. There he looks around. He sees Mary weeping. He sees all of her friends weeping. He loves this family so much, the compassion. And the Bible says that Jesus wept there at the grave. The miracle begins when Jesus says, come forth, Lazarus. He calls Lazarus from the dead. He comes out and he tells, unbind this man. People cannot believe it. The Jews are putting their faith in Christ. There's this sort of revival that breaks out. Now the mob is with Jesus. At the end of chapter 11, there's Caiaphas. The Jews are plotting together. We've got to find a way to kill this guy. We need to kill Lazarus because people are following him because of Lazarus. Caiaphas, who was the high priest <clears throat> that year, didn't even know that he was being used. It was commandeered by God to say it. He didn't even know what it meant. But in chapter 11, verse 50 and 51, Caiaphas says that it's better that one person should die for the nation than that everyone should die. He didn't even know what that meant. Chapter 11 closes. Chapter 12 opens up. There's a feast going on. Jesus is back in Bethany. He's with Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Everybody's having a party. People are there to take a look. They want to come see Lazarus. Is it real? That night at the feast, as they're enjoying themselves, Mary overcome with a devotion to Christ. She does something that is remarkable. She takes a a box, a jar of perfume. It's called pure nard. Go and look it up if you want. And she, she breaks, takes a, takes a year's salary to purchase this perfume. She breaks it and pours it out on the feet of Jesus and the aroma is filling the entire place and she does what no dignified woman will do. Here's the humility. She takes her hair down and wipes the feet of Jesus. Judas, the hypocrite, Judas says, we should have saved that money. Jesus says, no, Leave her alone. She's preparing me for my burial. Verse 12, the next day, Monday after that meal with friends, it ought to be Palm Monday and not really Palm Sunday, Monday after that meal with friends, Jesus heads into Jerusalem in verse 12 and a great crowd, is going with him a whole lot of people. Some of them are from Galilee. They've seen and heard what he did. Some of them are following along because of what Lazarus and happened. What happened to him? And joining with that great crowd, there are thousands, hundreds of thousands of people from all over the Palestinian area coming into Israel to celebrate Passover. They're going to celebrate Passover. Remember, Passover is the celebration of God's delivering His people out of Egypt with a Passover lamb. They're there to celebrate God's deliverance, and they don't even know that the real Deliverer is right in their midst. What they did know, though, was that this man Jesus is a force. Maybe He could save the Jews from these hated Romans the oppression of the Romans. Verse 13, you feel the enthusiasm building, you can see it there at verse 13. That's where we get Palm Sunday. So they took branches of palm trees, probably because 100 years or so earlier, Judas Maccabeus, a famous Jew, led a revolt against the Romans. He used the palms as a national symbol. It became the symbol of Judaism by this time, and so they pick up the palms palm trees, and they went and met him, and they start crying, Hosanna, this is Psalm 118, save now. Blessed is the one that's come in the name of the Lord. He's the king in Israel. The enthusiasm's building, but it's a national enthusiasm. They, they want the Jews to win. They want to get rid of the, the hated Romans like Judas Maccabees did. The branches, the palm branches are they're a national symbol. It would be like us taking out the American flag and waving the flag and chanting USA. That's what they were doing here in verse 13. They're quoting Psalm 118. They've appropriated the Bible and they've made it a national symbol and they're saying Hosanna. They recognize, at least in some degree, that this man is a king, but not like the king they expected. This king doesn't rule a country. This king rules the world. This king walking into Jerusalem has been prophesied about in all of the Old Testament. He has been longed for and prayed for. They've tried to manufacture a Messiah. This king's expected. And this king comes in in verse 13 with all kinds of enthusiasm, enthusiasm, Who doesn't love enthusiasm? Oh, kind of enthusiasm surrounding him. But be careful now, just pause. Be careful with enthusiasm. The people in the text in verse 13, they are genuinely excited about Jesus to the degree that down in verse 19, you can see down in verse 19, the Pharisees are worried because it feels like the whole world is going to him. The the movement had momentum. And who doesn't like momentum? The movement had forward progress. I mean, come on. This guy has just raised a man from the dead. And they were excited, and they should be. They were excited four days later. Now, this is a Monday. Four days later, where was the excitement? Four days later, when they tried him and crucified him. Listen, brothers and sisters, the hay... The hay and stubble of enthusiasm burns up in the furnace of difficulty. That hay and stubble of enthusiasm, we we, we must not equate enthusiasm with commitment. They are not the same. Enthusiasm gets you this sort of token moment of euphoria followed by a lifetime of forgetfulness. Now, let me back up and just say Don't misunderstand me. I think that as Christians, we are unbelievably optimistic. We should be and filled with joy and, and even excitement. Excitement is good because of what Christ has done for you, but enthusiasm can't get you through the valley of the shadow of death. Only the king can do that. Now, I know it. I know it. I feel it myself. It feels like a tense time in our world. You, you actually may even be anxious when you feel about it, when you, when you think about it, to, to feel anxious. But as long as the king lives, and he does, as long as the king lives, his kingdom will come. He's an unstoppable king, but let's go a little further down into verse uh, 15 and 16. What else? Or verse 14 and 15, you'll notice that he, he is a humble king king a humble king this event by the way the triumphal entry is what we call it this event is recorded in all four gospels matthew mark luke and john matthew mark and luke the synoptic gospels because they are synonymous they basically tell the same events in the same way john differs a little bit the synoptic gospels are a little more detailed than what john has given us here in verse 14 and 15, but look what Jesus does to fulfill the prophecy in verse 14, and then it's explained in verse 15. Verse 14. <clears throat> and Jesus found a young donkey, and he sat on it. Jesus found. Now, if you read the Synoptic Gospels, what you find out is Jesus actually planned this. He, he told the disciples where to get the donkey. All of this is sort of scripted out But John says it like this, Jesus found the donkey. And then in verse 15, he tells us Jesus did this to fulfill an Old Testament prophecy. And then he quotes Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's coat. Why is he doing this? Jesus knows what the crowd wants. They're they're holding the branches up. They're waving them. They are singing Psalm 118, which is a coronation psalm uh, that is saying, hail to the king. They want to overthrow the Roman government. And here Jesus says, I don't come in like that. I come as a man of peace. I come riding on a donkey. I I come like the Bible said. I was going to 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 fight off a misunderstanding and to keep this from becoming some sort of political rally, Jesus takes corrective action in verse 14, 15, and 16. He he is the king, but not like Judas Maccabee, not not like Solomon who had 40,000 horses and chariots, not like that. He comes gentle, he says riding on a donkey. What did Paul say? What what did Paul tell us? Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, that he he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This king wasn't coming to conquer Rome. This king was coming to conquer death and hell and the grave. This king, this king came to die. Remember what he said to Mary and what he said to Judas? When Judas says to Mary, she shouldn't have poured that, she shouldn't have poured that perfume on Jesus' feet. And Jesus says, in that before he ever went, Jesus said, she is preparing for my death. Letting them know What this king is about. Brothers and sisters, as we think about our king, as we think about who our king is and what his kingdom stands for, we must always keep the cross of Christ central in our hearts. Jesus is not a politician or a pundit or a talking head. Jesus is the Savior King. Jesus is the Savior King that secured his kingdom by defeating evil at the cross. And to join the kingdom of God, to join the family of God, you must come through the cross. It's the gospel. It's the gospel. Let me... Let me pause here and think with me through the gospel. We believe in a God who is a creator God. You can read it in Genesis chapter 1 and 2. God who created everything we see, all of this beautiful creation. It's a beautiful spring day. God created it all. We believe he not only created all we see, that he created mankind, Adam and Eve, in his image. A man in his image and a woman in his image. He brought them together in a beautiful garden called Paradise the Garden of Eden. The man and the woman in beautiful fellowship with one another and with God, something that was to behold, but but sin, where did it come from? Sin comes in. In Adam and Eve sin, it breaks the fellowship with God, but it doesn't only do that. They are cursed and condemned because now they have rebelled against God and are thrown outside of the garden, and God not only curses them, God curses the very ground they walk on. So that creation groans. Creation is under a curse, all of it. It's why tires go flat and things rust and buildings fall and tornadoes wipe people out and people drown. Because we live in a fallen creation. God is not only a creator and a God that judges sin, He is a loving, kind God, a God that wants to see good. So, God and His goodness, God and His goodness at the appointed time and the right time when the time was right sent Jesus to defeat the prince of darkness. Sent Jesus to the earth as a man. He had to be a human because as a human He lived in a way we should have. He had the perfect fellowship with God that Adam and Eve had in the garden and lost because of sin, except Jesus never sinned. He sinned. He kept all the laws of God, all the fellowship with God. He did that as a man on our behalf. does that perfectly. And at the end of his perfect life, it's where we're picking up the story here, Palm Sunday, he walks to Jerusalem. He goes there to be nailed to a cross, a Roman instrument of torture and death. A Roman instrument for punishment. He receives the punishment of God that you and I deserve. That, that's what he's doing, going there to die. And the text tells us, the story tells us, that Jesus will die in the place of sinners. And, and the way into his kingdom is to trust that Jesus did that for you, to turn from your sin and trust Jesus in fact verse 16 John gives us an editorial comment verse 16 are are verses that help you know that John wrote this years after the event verse 16 is him looking back at the event and saying we know a lot more now than we knew then and he uses the word glorification let me show it to you verse 16 His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. John gives this editorial comment and he uses the word glorification. When when Jesus had been glorified. Stretch that word out. What does that word mean, that Jesus had been glorified? You go back to this week right here in the text, Passion Week that started on this Monday, which we call Palm Sunday. Jesus will go there to Jerusalem, and on the night he was betrayed, he'll be in the garden called Gethsemane. There he will plead with the Father to take this cup from me, yet not my will but yours. In the garden he is betrayed by his closest associates. They all run away from him. He is taken there and put before Pilate. He is put on trial. Part of his trial is the scourging. Terrible scourging. They will drag his bleeding body to the cross and there nail him to the cross. At the crucifixion between two thieves, Jesus will breathe his last and say, It is finished. They'll take him down from the cross and put him in a tomb Saturday, it's a Sabbath. Quiet. God will miraculously, gloriously raise him from the dead on a Sunday. It's Easter Sunday. He will then ascend into heaven. And here in verse 16, John is telling us this. This is why the humble king came. And the fact that he is glorified. Reminds me and you, our king is alive. And as long as this king is alive, his kingdom will come. He's an unstoppable king. He is a humble king. I'll give you one last thing, verse 17, 18, and 19. He is a dividing king, divides. Jesus divides. You read verse 17, 18, and 19, you find there are two groups, two groups, those that are following and bearing witness and those that want to stop the movement. Let me read it to you, verse 17. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead, they continued to bear witness. They gave testimony. They talked about Jesus. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was they heard that he had done this thing. There is a crowd that is saying, Follow Jesus. There's another crowd, verse 19, another crowd. It's the Pharisees that are saying, You better do something. You got to stop this. Jesus was a terribly divisive figure then. It turns out, brothers and sisters, Jesus, rightly understood, is a terribly divisive figure now. The beautiful thing about Jesus is that he will receive, Jesus will receive, he will receive anyone who will come to him. Jesus will receive all. Jesus will welcome all who will come and submit to his lordship. I pastor Hickory Grove Baptist Church, Charlotte, North Carolina, the year 2023. God has given us here at this church a joyful, diverse church. There is in heaven a group of saints that have gone on before us that are a joyful, diverse kingdom. God has welcomed us through faith in Jesus to be this little outpost. This little outpost of the kingdom in this foreign land together will always be surrounded by hostiles crowd that rejects him as king and, and, and seeks his downfall. But in our day, look, in our day, it's good to remember what Jesus said to Peter in the book of Matthew. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. After the week we've had, after the week we've had, It's good to think of our king going in, the triumphal entry. It's good to think of Jesus going to Jerusalem. Jesus will go to Jerusalem. There he will be betrayed for our betrayal. There Jesus will suffer for our suffering. There, Jesus will be crucified for our sins and our forgiveness. There, he will die to take the sting out of our death. There, on Saturday, they'll put him in a tomb and they'll make him still. He'll keep the Sabbath still, on Holy Saturday, still for our anxiousness. There, on Sunday, he'll be raised for our joy. He'll be glorified for our reconciliation. He will ascend for our intercession. And as long as the king lives, brothers and sisters, his kingdom will come. I want you today to find your place in the kingdom of God. Take great security in the kingdom of God. Take great joy that you are a daughter or a son of the King. If you can't, I want you to be. And I want to talk to you about what it means to become a child of the King. As we close our time of preaching today, I'll invite you just to bow your heads with me. We'll sing one more song. We'll call that our last worship song. There are many of you that have just glad to be at church today and want to come and pray and thank God as we sing it's a good time to come here welcome you to come and pray or take a pastor by the hand and pray with pastor maybe your need goes a little deeper you need somebody to pray with you or for you something you're really struggling with you're to come forward and take a pastor by the hand be glad to pray with you maybe you want to talk about you're not sure Uh, what it means to actually be a christian a child of god You, you heard the gospel today but you want some more clarity that's a good time now's a good time when we sing to come forward talk to one of our pastors about what it means to give your life to the lord jesus father we pray in the name of jesus that you will move in a way that honors honors your kingdom draws people to yourself god find us faithful protect us in jesus name we pray amen Would you stand please as we sing together?